0: Welcome to episode 33 of Whole Lot of Wolves. We're your hosts. I'm Joshua Buckley. And I'm Paul LePage. And we welcome back Joe 2 from Connecticut this week. How's it going, Joe?
1: Good. It's a happy Monday. We were just talking uh, before we started. And. Everybody feels good to be waking up early yesterday, huh?
0: Yeah, yeah, it made the wake up a little bit easier. Uh, So Joe joined us for the first time a few weeks ago on episode 27. So if you want to hear his story about how his Wolves support came about, you can go back and listen to that show. But now we're going to go ahead and turn to the really exciting, turn into an exciting 2-1 win over Brighton.
2: Towards Gibbs White. Gibbs Way with a second chance. Morgan Gibbs White finds the top corner. It's a special moment for him, and it could be a match-winning one. At Molineux,
0: it was a little worrisome. Another slow start, but really came on. The red card flipped the game, as did Adama coming in, and a two-one win. And Paul, go ahead and uh, get your gloating of Morgan Gibbs Gibbs White out of the way, since I've been trashing him for weeks. (laughs)
2: I'd, just focusing on him I thought he did well even in the first half which wasn't great he seemed to have slightly more intensity than the rest of them which wasn't saying much but I think there's some positives there and second half he did well and obviously the absolute sitter aside that would have um oh,
1: we'll get to that
2: <laughs> yeah but a good finish and if anything, at the end of the day, it doesn't harm his valuation if he stays or if he goes. So we can take the win. We can we can applaud him for the contribution as far as that goes. And it's a goal in the EPL for him. So let's see how these other games shake out and uh, if he gets a further run. I think he did much better in that advance role, more in the second half. And I think that's where his position is, and it's whether we we see it and we see it more and whether we'll be able to see it over the long term.
0: So Gibbs White was actually one of five Wolves players who were age 21 or younger that were in the starting 11 against Brighton. Do you know the last time that happened in the Premier League, guys?
1: No, no idea.
0: It was Leicester against Crystal Palace in April of 2018. So, more than three years since a side has fielded five players, 21 or younger. And Gibbs White was the elder statesman of that group. We had Silva, Hoover, Aitnery, and Bettina, who are all teenagers. Were you nervous about that lineup coming in? And how do you think the kids performed? I'll let I, you go, Joe.
1: Yeah, I was super I've been preaching let the kids play for weeks now. That's what I wanted. You're in a safe position. You got to see what the team's going to look like next year. So for me, I was really excited that all these guys are getting time to start because you need to start evaluating for the next season. Mm. That's what I think, at least. So, yep, I'm super happy that all the kids were playing. I'm also not a huge Morgan Gibbs White fan. I know that a lot of people are. There was plenty of times that I was cursing him. But I think the rest of the kids did great, and like I'm super excited. We have some tough buying decisions to make in the summer, I think, with these yeah. kind of performances. It's going gonna, it's gonna to make it really interesting.
0: And Paul, how about you? I know we have been preaching, let the kids play to see what we got for a while. <laughs>
2: Definitely, but even to that point, we've had... Ait Nuri in the team since Johnny's latest injury. That's probably getting on for a month now, so a good four or five games. So it's not like they've been thrown in, and then that flips the conversation back to Nuno and what he's been dealing with this season, as across the whole season, really. When you think about it, that it's we've had to delve in to that squad and utilize them, but the likes of Ait Nuri are really showing the. Belief and the promise that we've got in him, I think, after this extended run of games, he looks re- looks really good. Who on the right, I, I think the walls tweeted his heat map today for on mm. Twitter, and, and that was just up and down that right-hand side. If he adds a final ball to his game, then suddenly we've got a really good prospect on our hands at right-back going forward that way. Vitana thought was pretty quiet first half, but second half came into it. Lovely through ball f- to put silver in uh, for the challenge that, that won the red card. And just to that point, I thought silver had a great game.
0: Oh, across yeah. 100%. The board and it, it,
2: you don't purposely get someone sent off, but he knew exactly what he was doing. Yeah. And that move yesterday, and it worked a treat because. Not only did we have a a man advantage for the rest of the second half, but we took one of their biggest threats away offensively as well, which was an issue throughout the first when it came to their set-piece delivery. So I thought his movement to collect that foul, and he, he stole a yard on him, Dunk's a good player, but he's not the quickest. So to get in that position and to get half a yard away from him to to earn the foul, I thought was really good. And then assist for the goal and everything. So as, as a body of work, Silva's just adding stuff to his repertoire week in, week out. And again, he's 18, man. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So
1: it bodes well. It really does. We were talking about Bettina. We, we were clamoring for goals last time we talked a couple episodes ago. And now it seems like... Man, when these kids turn it on, like they're gonna really open it up. Like, I can see them putting away a bunch coming up because Vitinha in the middle there has just been like a surgeon with these passes the past couple of weeks. Like, every goal goes through him and e too. Like, they've been just been touching everything. So, I'm really excited. I think Vitinha is
2: a goal threat in his own right. As yeah, well, and he's shown more than his midfield partners when it comes to that. He could have added, he could have scored in the first. Three minutes, or put Gibbs White in. I thought was in a better position, but we we started really brightly. That first ten minutes were were pretty awesome, Agreed. and Podence looked on it. He, we did actually a really inventive short corner where I think it was Moutinho that passed to him, and then he did one of his tricks and got away. And it was just the final delivery, but he tailed off the game, which was disappointing, and that reflected the rest of the team in the first half. And just our ability to defend set pieces. What was it? Three three <laughs> no. chances. One of them was a goal. <laughs> there, there's one point in the first half where I think there's a camera angle. Must have been from behind the goal. So it was dead flat. And you just saw the height difference between their Thank team you. and ours. And it was staggering. It really was. Obviously, Kilman's a big guy at 6'5". But apart from that, it was like, Six foot was the tallest player, I think. And uh, you're asking for trouble with with that setup versus a team like Brighton and their big guys.
0: So going back to Silva drawing the red card, I was a little annoyed by the announcers because they were trying to say Dunk didn't have to foul him. He could have stopped that. In what world was Fabio Silva getting stopped? I know he's not the fastest guy, (laughs) but he was gone past him. The red card was the only thing to do. So I was a little... I was kind of blown away by that comment. Is there something I'm missing there?
1: (laughs) It's weird that, yeah, he was like making it out like he wouldn't have had a chance anyways to. I thought this was just like really dumb. I I didn't like it because, yeah, he still had to beat the goaltender and everyone else. And you're (laughs) like, no, man, like he was like wide open. This was.
2: Yeah. uh... I think it's always waiting for that type of unknown that does the keeper save it or does it hit the post? But I think Dunk was, he, he just got caught out and Silver played him and, and came out on top. You don't give credit to an attacker for getting a, a player sent off, but it's like a dark art and there's an art to it. And Silver played him like a kipper with that
0: one. I wish in a situation like that, because he's so close to the box, I really wish the team would get a chance to choose between a red card for the other team there or getting a PK. And I I, I was thinking about it a little bit more. It's very similar to like in football, a guy's beat, he's just going to get pass interference and it's only going to result in 15 yards or if you're in pro football, wherever the spot of the foul was and avoid the touchdown. So I think it would be too much, but I was more irritated. Man, Silva was about to tie that game up. And OK, yeah, now they're down to 10 men, but Brighton's just going to condense defensively and it's going to be hard still.
2: And I think that's when you say about condensing defensively and it being hard. That was my biggest fear that it could have been a game that we'd have knocked on the door, but we wouldn't have scored if we'd have been playing all night. Yeah, that was one positive for me. And I had a feeling all. Oh, through the rest of the second half, that we it seemed like we had something about us that we'd get the equaliser, but then we kick on as well and get the winner. Mm-hmm. I tailed off towards the end, I thought that they'd done enough to keep us out, and it, it was a bonus to get a, a winner so late on. But fair play for I know you, you're down to 10 men, but it's not easy. And they yeah. always say that teams practice defending with one less man, so it's not like it's not completely alien anymore. So you give credit to the Wolves yesterday, regardless of playing against 10 or 11 in the second half.
0: And then uh, Adama came in the si- right around the 60th minute, which did two things. It allowed—it had Adama come in, and he just started to run wild mm-hmm. over there. But it also shifted Gibbs-White then to the 10th spot. But we'll start with Adama. There's no way they can sell him this summer.
2: Can he give man of the match on that 40 minute, 35 minute cameo? Yeah, Wolves,
0: Wolves Rated gave him man of the bench.
2: Yeah. It's, and that, again, you can't, it's a struggle to, to sell someone who has that impact, even if it is off the bench. And he's had some really good games when it's come to making a difference off the bench as well. So you have that to your armory that what we've been, lacking in options if you could again turn round with the strength of your squad and then see Traore sat there ready to go there's lots always talked about does Nuno like to wait for the opposition to tire out and then unleash him then (laughs) answer that from yesterday's yes and 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 it worked so that there's that to factor into it as well that even if he's not going to start it's going to make a difference during the game.
1: I I love Traore, and I think that it's hard for me to wrap it around because he is great off the bench. And like when he's on, he's just a fucking world breaker. But so many times, like I would watch a game and he just doesn't seem like mentally into it. So, like, the I think that the disparity between the games that he plays great and some games where he seems like he just doesn't want to be there I don't know if it's injury or something else. We don't know what's going on on with him behind the scenes. So what's happening, but I'm starting to come to grips with the idea that we might have to sell him this summer. And that's what I'm trying to talk myself through. I'm trying to talk myself off the bridge here. If if he's not back, it won't be the end of the world for us.
0: I think they'll be in trouble if they sell him. If Neto was gonna be there at the beginning of the year, I'd have less worry. But right now I don't see how we'd have any offense. Is it looking like Neto
1: there. won't be back? The they're the they're the saying
0: uh, a couple months, maybe, because that's a six month injury from what I from what Tim mm. Spears was saying. So we'll see. I still want to see him, Neto, and Raul Jimenez up front. I, I still want to see what that can do over a long period of time, because basically all we got of that was 30 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> true. But His goal, Adama's goal, was great. I really thought his should have been assist was even better. The keeper came out, and just his speed to get to the ball before the keeper, and then it took him a little bit to recover the ball, and then had the sense to find Gibbs White wide open in the box, I thought was even more impressive than the goal. What do you think, Paul? Again, it touches
2: to Joe's point that he really looked on it yesterday. Mm -hmm. And like chase chasing that relatively lost cause down to create the chance in the first place. It was a bad back pass, but he had to be aware and he had to be in position. He had to have the wherewithal to run onto it and create something. That's a positive, obviously, that he's got that to his game. But also going back to the goal, it was good that he was in that position to finish as well, which we haven't seen enough of really, that he's in the box and he's, he's a genuine Threat with his shooting when he's not out wide. If he can become that that second or third striker with a body in the box to take those opportunities, then again, it just gives
1: another dimension to
2: his game.
1: I always wonder why he doesn't play that way more because he's so strong, right? Like, why is he always? I get why he was on the wing and stuff and like running up there, but if he gets the chance to cut in. Mm -hmm. like he's so imposing in the middle like who's gonna stop him there he can body his way through it so i I did like this yesterday too i liked that change of pace because i'm so used to just seeing him just play on the outside and cross in so i liked it
0: yeah i did as well now you have to be truthful here did y'all think it was gonna end in a 1-1 draw when gibbs white just airmailed that wide open shot.
1: <laughs> oh, I cursed that poor kid so bad. I, I'm like a great anti-jinx. If I start calling anyone a bum, they will score to shut me up immediately. <laughs> and I had just posted how much of a bum he was like, <laughs> like to one of my friends. And as soon as I said it, he like scored the next one. So I was like, oh, thank God. Yeah, I I definitely spent a lot of time cursing him on that open deck because I was like, how do you miss? It? All you need to do is lay it on the ground. Come on, <laughs>
2: Paul. It's kind. It's a case of when uh, chances in the Premier League are few and far between, and when you have that one that's so gilt edge and you don't score it, it, it's a bad. It's a bad look. So yeah. it really is. And if if that would have been the case, and they'd have only tied. And the, the blame would have been shifted on him. It'd have been, there you go, Felt Felton Gibbs, why if it had been anyone else on the pitch, we'd have won it. But yeah, fair play to the kid for for picking his head up. Well done for Silver for putting an arm around him and consoling him straight after that the highlights showed. And then his finish was great for the goal, persistence and, and took it away. Yeah, let's, he, he can have a pat on the back for that for sure.
1: That's what I was super impressed with the resiliency to come back and then score afterwards. I was like, I I can see why so many people do like him. That is something that is great because he could have put his head down the rest of the match and just been sad about it, but no, he comes back, scores the winner anyways to make up for it. I can't fault him. It was beautiful.
0: Paul, do you think obviously Gibbs white is a polarizing player, and I've wondered why so many people liked him. Do you think it's a matter because he's English on why so many people still like him? He's English,
2: and he obviously came through the ranks. And he came through the ranks and did a lot at a very young age as well, comparatively, in the championship. So he wasn't a starter, but he'd come on and in make a com- contribution in that promoted team. And there was always flashes and there was always that potential for him to kick on. And then if, if he's going to kick on, he really needs a, a loan spell to see what he's got. But then the rebuttal there was that Nuno wanted him as part of the squad to, to become integrated that way. And all during that narrative was the comparison with Phil Foden at Man City, same age, same England under 17. Uh, team that won won that World Cup. So you always always had that, that it's our equivalent of of Foden, who's absolutely gone on to another stratosphere in, in terms of his play and his development. But then you had Gibbs White's breakthrough was the the Chelsea game in our first Premier League season back where I think it was the first time we reverted to a 4-3-2 and he made a good contribution in the midfield role that way. When, when you listen to him and he, going back a few years, he's always seemed such a nice, down-to-earth kid, yeah. level head on his shoulders. What piss, pisses everyone off is the social media antics.
0: <laughs> and That's...
2: is that him? Is that his partner? Has he had the sufficient training? Has he had a sufficient arm around the shoulder from someone senior at the club to say, hey kid, rein it in a little. It, it's fine having these B-list celebrity partners who want this t- TV celebrity lifestyle, but on, on the other end, you're a professional and I, it, it's not me anymore, I wish it was, but I know certainly what I'd be concentrating on if it was me at his age. And I think that's often, that's often the negative cast towards Gibbs White is that he potentially has got so much to offer, but is he throwing it down the drain because of the off-field stuff?
0: Do you think we should sell him, loan him out, make him a squad player, or putting him in the starting 11 next year?
2: I personally, I'd give him another season-long loan. Mm
0: Mm-hmm.
2: If that, that's back at, at Swansea or whomever, the decent profile club in the championship, think that would do him. think Swansea in the playoffs, if they get promoted, that could be a whole season of him playing Premier League football mm-hmm. on, on, a, on a season-long loan. That would do him the world of good. I think he's, he probably showed enough in those flashes that there's something there. A loan's not going to do his value much trouble if, if he performs and certain flashes that he's shown in these past two or three weeks offer some potential as well that again if he does come push to shove and and we do sell him that he's a saleable asset and we'll get a decent value
1: for him what do you think joe um i don't know it, it feels like you're getting to the point with these loans and him coming back and him just getting in that the decision's coming so i think that the question is good i i don't know the, the lone thing works for me that would be fine i don't know if he's going to play a lot if he stays with us next year so do you want him on the bench the whole time is there what's more beneficial for him right him staying with the club being on the bench maybe having some more veteran players, like you said, guide him, mentor him. That might be super beneficial, but he's not going to have the playing time. I don't think so. Cause I can I just can't see him slotting in over everybody. If everybody comes back and we're not injured, like where is he going to play?
0: I agree. I agree. To, to, I think alone would be the best.
1: Yeah. To To that point, we've,
2: we have got the small squad challenge though, which seems to have been recognized by Nuno that, we say, no, do we sell him or do we loan him out? But if that's the case, who's he going to be replaced with on the bench? True. The, yeah. the, these outgoings have to, be, have to be matched or at least bettered by someone to, to take that place. And if we have got an, an eight deep bench next year, Nuno needs to look around and see players on there, potentially the calibre of Gibbs White and better that, that he can call upon. Now it's up to Nuno then to to manage those personalities, to manage those minutes, to know when they are games for Gibbs White to play if he does stay, and when there's games that it's not and he needs to sit for those. So if that was the case, if it was more strategic, then I think I think there's a role, but it's a tricky conundrum. It really mm-hmm. is, and I think that goes for a lot of them, like the like, likes of Kilman as well. Nuno needs that depth on his bench just as much as two or three quality additions to the starting 11. We need those without really losing anyone.
0: Speaking of Kilman, he's got to start the rest of the year, right?
1: Yeah, no brainer. <laughs> I hope yeah,
0: so. <laughs> that was great to see him out there. In it looked like it might work, Cody and Kilman. I still don't know if Kilman's could be a a full-time starter but there's no reason he can't be a rotational guy at the very least I like him a lot and that was who I was excited about seeing start and and he came through he was the best on the back line
1: I definitely think so it feels like I've had this weird tonal shift that like in the past couple weeks I'm like we're never gonna score all these games are gonna be zero zero draws and then like the past four, or whatever in between the last time we talked, it was like, can we just play some defense? Like <laughs> it, we just had like this, these matches that just seemed like we just didn't want to play defense. That was the first thing I thought when Adama scored. I was like, wow, he got a clean foot on it, and there were six guys standing around him. It looked like they're playing us. This mm-hmm. is we uh, just have guys just standing around not doing anything. So I, I do kill him in a lot. I'm glad that whatever he did to get in you know, timeout, he's out of it and can finally, you know, get some minutes again. So, but yeah. It's-
2: with Kilman, with Bo- maybe Bolly even, with Cody. I could all see those potentially doing really well with the right calibre of partner next to him. So that three into one doesn't go, but it's pretty obvious that we need at least one centre-back and we really we really need that stud who, who can come in and dominate. But I, I like Kilman. Again, yes. it's not like he drops a huge bollock and... It's a major fault that he can see he's done trip up over the ball or let someone in daft like that. He's Mm-mm. he looks a good player, he looks a good defender. He's even got a shot on him, yeah. <laughs> <He> saw, had <laughs> that <laughs> chance yesterday. Yeah. There's even I saw there's a YouTube video kicking around as well with it's him and one of his futsal friends, I think, and they're doing these skills between them. And it's just a guy off his cell phone and they're recording it. And it's like a, a YouTube social media channel of this skills guy. But Kilman's there and he's putting these balls in the top <laughs> bin from 20 yards out. And it's, woo. And I thought that was fake yesterday when he looked up and he had a bit of space. I thought, watch this rocket in and <laughs> didn't quite catch it as good as that. But yeah, I, again, we need that caliber of player that if there need to be called upon they're not going to let anyone down and i think kilman's got an enough body of work now that we can rely on him and to that point you think the the, the journey he's been on into where he finds himself now at, at this age he's probably content in that role if he's if he's a sub if he's starting the occasional game if he's coming in if someone's injured I'd like to keep pushing that for as far as we can for at least another two or three years. And he might he may think to himself that I'm going to need a payday now before I hit mid-20s, late-20s into my 30s. I'm going to need a payday move and, and start playing regularly. But while we've got him, let's utilize him in the best way.
0: I thought he had a great sliding tackle in the second half where he actually came across the field and slid and knocked it out of bounds. But to me, that was a great play. I was like, whoa, this guy's hustling onto the opposite side of the field and made a great play to get it out of bounds, give the defense time to reset. So yeah, I was super thrilled to see him back in the lineup. And hopefully he's starting the rest of the year because I think of all the guys who might get sold off this summer, I think it's going to be mm <laughs>
1: I think that maybe the timeout was like motivational because you're right now that you say it, he did seem to have more like jump in a step yesterday than mm. normal. And so like when these you give these kids some minutes, but then maybe they're not doing exactly what you want. You pull them back for a little bit and then let them get their other chance. You can see how they rebound from that. Yeah. As for selling Bali this summer. Yeah. I don't know. Killman's my dream bench defender. That's the guy right. that I want to just be in the waiting to be like, if anything happens, like you got this kid, he'll come out, he'll just play a solid game. But I don't think that we have the depth right now to do that. There'd have to be some definitely some signings of defenders oh, yeah. no, this summer. A, a ball scale
0: yeah. sale, I think, would be, would accompany an upgraded addition, similarly At least one to what we did with Doc and Semedo, although... A, that's arguable if Samato was actually turned out to be an upgrade over Doc, but I, I think that could be something similar that we see where <clears throat> Bali gets sent off and they use that money and then some more to upgrade at center back. That's what I think um, they should be looking at. One more interesting stat from this game since uh, this is from Talking Wolves: since Wolves returned to the Premier League in 2018, only Man U has recovered more points from losing positions. The Nuno side. Manu has fifty-four points. Nuno's Wolves fifty-one. I mean that—that's one of the reasons I enjoy following Wolves because they don't give up. They don't usually. There's been a couple games this year, but for the most part, they go down a goal and just okay, let's get to work, you <laughs> know, keep going, and you learn to really get attached to a squad like that who isn't just out of the game. When they go down a goal and Joe you're a newer fan like me so I'm sure you probably feel the same way
1: Dude, this is 100% it. I, I really love it. That's a really cool stat. As you guys know, I'm a big Penguins fan. And at the beginning of the year, we were like only winning games that we'd go down in. So if we scored first, we'd be like, oh, it's going to be a long night because they wouldn't play as good. So yeah, I whenever I see Wolves go down one, it's also a lot about the feel of the team that day. Like we played so good in the first 10 minutes. This one didn't feel like a scary one to me. There was some games we were watching that... They just look like they're asleep and they come out really slow, not trying to score, just trying to stand there. And those ones scare me. But if they have the jump, if Nuno got them going that day that, yeah, like going down one, nothing is no big deal. Like I I, I had confidence we would at least tie it. Like I knew we were going to get one yesterday Two, that was a blessing, but I thought we were at least going to get one.
0: Paul, was uh, Gibbs White your man of the match?
1: it's not going to happen a ton
2: maybe that we get the chance to <laughs> give him man of the match so screw it I'm, i am well done morgan you get paul's man of the match
0: and uh, i joe i think you're gonna say adama right adama was
1: good i think dude i'm debating between eight nori and latina because those two were setting up so much i think I have to give it to Vitina. He was just like he was just involved in so much. There's so many chances that he was creating. Adama, yes, because he scored. But right. I don't know. I always look for like a, another guy that surprises me the most with his play that day. Maybe not like the best guy, but like the guy that I was most impressed with him specifically. So I think I will give it to Vitina.
0: Paul, can you guess my man of the match?
1: You're still gonna go Traore, I think.
0: No, no, not Traore. No. Okay, I'll give you one more chance.
2: Let me think. I'm going to go
0: Silva.
1: Yeah, it's Silva.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Yes, it is. It's Silva. I felt like his run right there, even if he hadn't drawn the red card, I feel like he was going to score there. And then he had the great assist to Adama. That was Mm -hmm. a perfect one-two. He had another play which nearly resulted in an assist. He's just... You look at when Raul got hurt and we had to throw him in there to what he is now it's a huge improvement and if we're looking at that big of an improvement in what eight months what are we gonna be looking at here in a couple of years
1: yeah and he so. wasn't getting full minutes either he like he was coming in off the bench you had the jose experiment for a while there so this is his progression with limited time like he he was thrown to the wolves it was yeah. thrown to the wolves but in a in a way that he wasn't even getting full chances. It seemed like there was like a, a pull back and forth between giving him his full exposure. I can't wait to see what this kid becomes, man. You're really
0: you're can. just starting to see the instincts. He's getting in the right spots
1: oh, at I'd the right it. time.
0: And I just love his hustle, too. The dude's always going. I feel like with him and Neto in the lineup together, that's going to that's be a ton of energy. And those are the type of guys I feel like you need to keep Adama on the top of his game, keep him hustling, because you got to see these guys going. Yeah, it was Silva for me. And I saw, I, I thought it was interesting. Some of the ratings I saw gave him a six, and I was like, I don't know what you were watching. <laughs> like, I, I thought he did stupendous.
1: Goals talk, man. A lot of times I see these like ratings and stuff like that, and it's just like whoever scored. I'm like, did you watch though?
0: Yeah, to give Motinho and Hoover the same grade as Silva? No, nah, man. we got a couple of big games this next week here we have they're playing spurs on sunday it's gonna be a 305 eastern start 205 central time and then on the following wednesday the 19th 1 p.m eastern noon central start against everton so two big games we'll start with the spurs game is this gonna be the last time we play spurs with harry kane and I'm going to let you start off, Paul, since he is an Englishman.
2: I think so. There's no pro to Kane staying we, without any European football, by the looks of it, even no Europa League, it, it's shaping up to be. So if there was ever a year that he was going to move, it'd be this one. And I think he's hitting his late 20s now. So. If it's going to happen, it, it needs to. And if, if he wasn't in the shop window, he's got a Euros as well to, to show what he can do. So I, I think he's gone. I really do.
0: Where do you think he's going to go?
2: Good question. It's tricky given the dynamics of the finances globally. Those big hitters in Europe that would typically be calling on that type of player. It may be a an Erling Haaland effect. That if he goes, that could have a domino effect across the continent in terms of those moving parts. So I think a lot of rest on him. If he doesn't, I think Kane may go to to one of those uh, big teams. The the other one, which after today and the contract extension for Cavani, I wouldn't have ruled him out going to Man United.
1: Mm -hmm. I don't
0: think Man United has the funds i saw somebody that was like yeah. oh we need to they're gonna offer to sign sancho and haland from dortmund
1: i was like get the f out
0: of here they're not
1: <laughs> they tried to turn down the offer on him like a couple in this like what in before the season the
0: price tag i saw was 145 million euros i was <sighs> like okay that's Holland." so what are you <laughs> <We're-> yeah yeah <laughs> Crazy, But yeah, I agree. I think that's going to be fascinating to see where he goes. It looks like Son maybe staying with Tottenham, which is a shame because I would sell my kidney to have him end up. At- <laughs> Can you imagine him and Traore? <sighs> yeah,
1: I don't know what. Yeah, what do they have to? So they're not going to be in European football, right? So like they're under. This is going to be weird for them it could be a complete it could be a complete
2: reset that depends yeah. on their, who comes in as coach that they may have to sell and rebuild and make that coaching appointment and level expectations that it's going to take a, a year or two to to get it right but then at the flip side of that you've got the Mikel Arteta example at Arsenal and that's not going swimmingly either so who would have thought out of Arteta, Frank Lampard, and oli Gunnar Solskjaer, who was getting the most stick to begin with and continually, yet Solskjaer's the one who's probably the shining light out of all three of them now. So that, that'll that make an impact at Spurs as well.
0: And Manu wants to run him off every time he, like... Every game. It's a draw. <laughs> every yeah. game. Man, it's crazy. <laughs> so if Spurs are going to be in rebuilding mode... Do Wolves need to look at Deli Alley? Oh, this one absolutely
2: smacks of that do you or don't you, that type of player. Me, personally, I'd be all over it. I'd snap your hand off for him. I don't particularly like him as a character a lot, but (laughs) on his day, he was fantastic. And what I think here, you've got two examples. You've either got the Ross Barkley example at Villa, who came in and has done nothing, or you've got the Jesse Lingard at West Ham. Similar profile of players, similar age, similar kind of positions, similar ego and everything that goes with it. And that low move's just transformed Lingard and he's yeah. unplayable. So I think that there's enough talent in uh, Delhi Alley that he needs just a, a fresh set of surroundings. Maybe... It's not the Wolves, depending on the no dickheads policy. So we'll see as, as far as that goes. But I would. I think he'd be grateful great in that number 10 position. Oh,
0: He'd be tremendous, I think. And you want to talk about maybe being able to get somebody a little cheaper than normal. That could be the guy. And we've seen they'll do business with Tottenham. I know Mourinho's not there anymore, but I still think they'd be willing to do business with him. And Tottenham probably still looks at Wolves as not a real challenge to them. So that might be the way to to do it. What do you guys want to see from the lineup against Spurs? Do you want to see the same 11 trot out there? Maybe put Adama in instead of Potence?
1: Yeah, I don't know what's wrong with po- Potence. Potence is hurt. He's got him. He got to be, right? Like he just doesn't seem himself lately. I say yeah, give me the same 11. Like I said, I'm playing the kids Play the kids, let it roll. There's some vets that I might replace too. <laughs> but yeah, let the kids play, man. I'm happy with the starting 11. See how it rolls. What do you got? We're safe now, right? Like you're playing to jump Villa, essentially. That's what you want to do. So yeah, do it. Two
0: extra bucks in, in standings money. That's about yeah, it.
1: Exactly. The, the
2: only Again, the only slight on, on Sunday that would prompt me to make a change to the lineup is the height issue mm. the, he's woeful out of form as well? But if we're playing the four-two-three-one, for me, Den dunker has got to start just to be a physical presence as, as one that. of those two defensive midfielders. It's a shame after sorry didn't build on the Albion game. He was missing through a knock. That that I thought he could have, he would have made a difference in in that game against Brighton just by way of his physicality, even if he was playing as one of the more advanced players, even out on the wing, he would have come in useful at the back as well. So I'd be experimenting somewhat, not down to any reflection of who did what on Sunday, but you you need more height in that team big time.
1: Hmm. That's a very good point. I like that.
0: I, yeah, it's, I feel like they're There may still be a couple of changes in that midfield. I do want to see Neves and Batana in the midfield with Gibbs White at the 10 just to see how that's going to work. I don't think we've really seen that. The one other spot in the lineup that I'm going to be curious about is if Hoover starts again. If Hoover starts again, what does that say about Semedo in his future with the club? Because he got pulled halfway through the previous game and then didn't make an appearance against Brighton, if he's on the bench again, that's going to lead me thinking he's going to be one of the guys on the way out.
1: Yeah, I don't—I like Samato. I, I never have the angst against him that a lot of other fans do, but I think now his position is becoming redundant, When, like, we see Aitnery doing the same thing, Traore running up the wing too, that, like, maybe he's becoming a little bit more expendable in a way that we didn't see at the beginning of the season. Yeah, I don't know how he's sitting. I like him. I think he, like, he plays great when he's there. So I don't know what they're going to do about him. But you're right. If he's starting to, like, not get playing time, because that's what he should. He should be, like, a starter every game. So if he's not getting the playing time, yeah, I think that he's going to be gone. Maybe it just says, maybe it says more about the kids and the feelings Nuno has for their how they'll grow than it does about him. But I'm unsure.
2: I think we'll see him a couple more times before the end of the season. I'm not of the belief that he's under threat. And again, it's moving parts. I think he may really come into his own next year after a full preseason proper season kick kicking off in time and all of that the the only thing that's somewhat of of an, a negative that right from the start we were like oh wait till he builds up that understanding with or down the right it never is. happened and we thought that would offer more potential than the partnership with what Doherty did which was brilliant down that right-hand side. And we thought that would be even better with Samedo. That's not happened. And I know we get up against 10 men and and what have you yesterday, but it certainly looked far more fluid down the right-hand side in the second half yesterday with Hoover and and Troyori. Does Troyori get sold and someone comes in as that right forward that that gels better with Samedo? And suddenly Samedo is that £30 million right back who goes from one end of the pitch to the other and turns into a goal threat and, and he's a stud when it comes to attack, who knows? So I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff to get our head around. I think when it comes to all of that,
1: I think he likes playing up a lot. And I think that that's why it's not working so much. Like, Semedo likes playing up really far. And if you have Adama that like wants to do the same thing, that's maybe why it's not working. you think you would, we've seen Adama play on the left too. so like, why don't you just switch them side let him play on the right? and have Adama move to the left or something and have it coming from both sides. I don't know what the idea is there, but that's what it feels like to me.
0: There were rumors of Jose Mourinho, now that he's at Roma, being interested in Semedo. So that might be something we keep an eye on. And then the coming Wednesday on May 19th is going to be Everton. And boy, if Spurs need some points against us, Everton definitely does. They're still in <laughs> they're still in the hunt for European football because they have a game in hand over Spurs. What kind of challenge do you expect from Everton, Paul?
2: They've been so up and down most recently that you don't know. On their day, they're great, and they'll come away with a, a scrappy win like they did the other day and put going out that, that type of performance. But then they'll go and lose to someone crappy like the Wolves so (laughs) who knows it's kind of Jekyll and Hyde for Everton this season but I think going back it was their main aim this season and what the massive focus was on certainly the first half of the season was getting and potentially hitting that top four and that's nowhere close and I think with the money that that you say they haven't uh, invested a ton of money to be where they are there's a heck of a lot in the back end in terms of wages that they're paying. So mm-hmm. I think it will be a miss for them this season if they don't get that Champions League spot. And they could really hurt if they don't get Europa as well. They will, I think they'll probably have some something more to play for than Spurs will. And being away from home, that may play into our hands.
1: Which one do we get fans for? When are the fans coming back? Not yet.
0: That's going to be the Man U game on the 23rd.
1: Huh. I'm excited to have fans back because I know like at least when hockey like that jump that the team got when the fans came back was just awesome. So I think that man you want is going to be fun not to get too ahead of ourselves, but like yeah. having some people there screaming is going to really get the boys pumped, I think.
0: So the big news for Wolves is not necessarily going to be the game day on the 19th. It's going to be the day before when Raul goes to get his final exam, hopefully, on his head injury. There is a possibility he'll be cleared for heading the ball, which means he would be available to play for that Everton game and the Man U game. Do you think that happens?
1: I think that they're going to respectfully give him his space on the bench and maybe call him out and give him some minutes, and that's the right loyal thing to do. I don't want to see him actually (laughs) playing because I think it's too early and I just fear for his safety. I'm not a doctor. His doctors know best. But let's ease him back into it. We don't have much that we're like trying to get here. So I say I say we take it nice and slow for him. I think he'll be on the bench. If he's cleared to play, he'll definitely be on the bench at least.
2: I think we do for a thirty minute cameo in the last game this season against Man United. He'll probably score. And that that will be his his path to to play for Mexico in the Olympics. So I think that's when you line up all of those variables, it gets cleared on the 18th, plays some part of the last game of the season. I think that's a clear, I think the club will give him a clear path to play for the national team then.
0: Yeah, he's, he was named today to Mexico's provisional roster for the Nations League, which is in early June. And then, yeah, he's made it, he's made it clear he wants to play in the Olympics, which will be interesting. A club still does have the ability to tell him no. But you also run into the issue of if a player really wants to go and you tell him no, that's yeah. going to hurt the relationships there. And I don't think you want to do that. Plus, it wouldn't be bad for him to shake off some rust in the Olympics and, and stuff like that. So, yeah. Okay, let's hear predictions. First, the Spurs game. Joe, I'll let you start.
1: I feel like we might get another like 1-1 one, one draw. Spurs, I think that's my hope. I, I was going to go for a
2: 1-1 one, one draw as well, thinking both teams may not have a ton to play for. So, it could be a dull non event So... I'll totally flip that on its head and for some crazy reason say it'll be really attacking and go (laughs) 2-2.
0: I'm going to say 2-1 Spurs just because Kane and Son and now Gareth Bale, they've all been playing really well. So I'm going to say I think Wolves, especially if they're in the back four, are going to have a hard time stopping that. So unfortunately, I'm going to say 2-1 Spurs. Okay, now Everton,
1: Joe. I can Everton be out of the top five when we play them? Is there like who knows the math to that? Does anybody know the math to that? If they're if they still are in contention for European football, I see us losing like two nothing. If they aren't, because like we're gonna get their best shot, right? If they can really push there, if they're not, I say we sneak a one nothing by them. I think that's what I'm feeling. I think we could probably get one in on them and have them a little bit sleepy.
2: So they've got 55 points off 34 games. West Ham are in fifth at the moment with 58, but they've played a game more. So it depends when that next game is, which I'd be thinking it might be. Yeah, it's Thursday when they play Villa away. And then they play, do they play again on the weekend? Yeah, so they they they, might, they have their game in hand on Thursday. And then they play Sheffield United at home oh. on Sunday the 16th. So I, th- I think they'll have something to play for when we come up against them.
0: One thing to keep in mind, I think think Everton is going to have fans in that game because that's their last home game
1: oh see that's another huge factor Mm -hmm. I I think the fans are a huge factor in this stuff especially coming off us not having fans at anything for like over a year now like that fan game is going to be a big tide changer for a lot of these matches
2: just think if you're a West Brom fan though you missed your team getting promoted (laughs) And then you didn't see a kick of football when they're a Premier League team. And by the chance you got to, they've been relegated. So so Uh,
0: you hate to see it. (laughs) Awful. I'm going to go and say Everton. I'm going to say 1-1 draw. But it wouldn't shock me if Everton wins that game. I'm going to say 1-1 draw.
2: I'm going to actually go 2-1 to Wolves, thinking that they've got something to play for. We haven't. Everton will do in Everton when they really need to, they'll cock it up. So hopefully they're missing.
0: (laughs) I could see that. Absolutely. I could see that. Well, now to the no stupid questions part of the show, and Paul, I think we have a good one this week. We do actually, we, we
2: got a couple that were hangovers from last week but are really relevant. And just to remind the listeners, it's the part of the show where you get in touch with us across our socials or by emailing hello at lot of walls.com or via the form on our website to ask us anything you want when it comes to the walls be it historical or the match day experience or really anything that has to do with the team. So first up, this was from last week and it actually happened when we were playing West Brom and it was Wolfman Jeff getting in touch on Twitter saying that he heard the Liquidator played at half time during that game. So for those that don't know, the Liquidator is piece of that music that we play in between segments on this show it's the old late 70s ska come reggae track instrumental and the, the back story here is that it, it's very much a terrace anthem in British football the obviously Jeff heard it at the Albion they play it the Wolves played it Chelsea played it And what happened with the Wolves and West Brom rivalry was that it became an ownership. Who played Mm. it first? Whose song is it? Both are used by the other to say the F word about the opposition, so that's how it's used. It's the, The F off West Brom is what the fans would sing, and why it rankles so much for the Wolves is that we used to play that as the teams came out really through the the late 90s and it was always very loud but obviously not very family friendly so (laughs) the debate has always been did the club ban it or the blame often goes on west midlands police they blame the police Mm. authority saying that it was the police that banned it because it's insightful and it uses these that yeah uses the, the the swear words obviously the curse words but all along, West Brom still play it. They don't come out to they don't come out to it when the teams enter the field of play. But as Jeff heard, they will play during kind of halftime and around it. That they, they still get to. It's not heard at all down the Molyneux mm. anymore. So that's where the backstory comes from. I think someone could older than me could probably delve into it some more and actually put a definitive on whose song was it or who played it first and who copied, but we'll just take it and say it was us. <laughs> so next up, this is a good one. This is Walls Rated on Twitter. This is where it gets interesting. They asked, would you be open to moving on Neves? His form is so bad and he can't shoot for peanuts. It's sad, like watching the decline of a once great
0: player. So, yeah, so this is something I've actually been thinking about for a few weeks. And I think it's very interesting who it's coming from. Wolves rated on Twitter because he obviously has the cool little algorithm to determine the ratings for the players. He knows a lot of the stats here and what's going on. I think, yes. Yes. I think the big name is not going to be Adama who's shipped off in the summer. I think it's going to be Neves because I still think they can get, he's still young enough. He's shown this year. He can still have some great games. I think that could be the guy who really gives them a lot of dough. It's going to be depending on the If he can handle Motino's role and then do they take the Neves money can they get another midfielder because they can't go with donk for full-time start (laughs) to use that money. Let's say they get, I think legitimately 40, 45 million pounds. Okay. Can you take that money and say, get a Weston McKinney from Juventus for 30 million euros, which is what was reported the other year. Then you still have another 15 that you can use to beef up, the squad a little bit maybe get a winger nevis he's very streaky there's times where he's just awesome very. he was he was awesome for a little bit at the turn of the calendar and now it's just it's tough to watch man he's not a threat shooting the ball nope. at all anymore he lines up for a free kick i'm like might as well just have a drop ball
1: he can um, do free kicks like i do man like, yeah i like, think I could do as good as he can, for sure. Just if I want to air it over the goalie, let me play. <laughs> Shit.
0: Yeah, and I think what he is a central defensive midfielder, and if we are going to go with a four-two-three-one, do we need him to be that? I don't know. You can make an argument either way. What do you think, Joe?
1: I, I could see it. I could definitely—I would be fine with it. I, I was never huge on Neves. Yeah, you're right. The streakiness for me— and I'm I'm not big on the flashes. I think he does have flashes. But even them, they usually come in games where he's making up for something. Like, he'll do something weird on one end and then make a good play on the other end. And it's, can you just be consistently good for me? I also think, like you're saying, he's a defending midfielder. And I feel like they really are trying to push up front anyway. Oh, so yeah, I don't know if that fits into the future of how the team is turning otherwise. So it might be a good time to do it. Like you're trying to replace and change strategy a little bit too, so I personally wouldn't be too super sad to see it happen. So I'm fine with it.
0: This is gonna to be tough for you, Paul. I know.
2: I'm, yeah, I'm sad. I'm I'm sad and and I'm worried, but I'm there's gonna be a surprise departure. And when we're talking about it, and there's been a little rumor or two, some tentative speculation that. it could happen I I wouldn't be surprised I'd I'd be gutted because he has been Mm -hmm. the poster boy of the the project really he was that real big statement of intent when we were in the championship but to to that point I think we may owe him a move and (laughs) by owe him and we we say you've come in and you've done awesome you've stuck by us you haven't pushed for a move there could well be a gentleman's agreement in his contract that's got nothing to do with a, a sell-on clause that if he gets to year two away from potentially a new contract, then that's the time that he gets that that big money move to a true giant. I, I would be gutted because I think his performances this season have been a reflection of the team and a reflection of his mm. partners. And if you, there's plenty of stats out there defensively, where he's been head and shoulders the best defensive midfielder in the league. So if we we're able to hang on to him with another right caliber, right profile of player next to him, that would need to be a new arrival. That could be a phenomenal too. Mm-hmm. But that there's a surprise. We'd be selling someone. It just yeah we have to. And I could see neves potentially offering the best return may not in may not in monetary terms but best return in who we could replace him with value for money wise and still put money left over to to help reinforce other parts of the squad
0: yeah with neto hurt and raul hurt you're only looking at two guys maybe three with smedo but really, you're only looking at two guys who you could sell to really open up the coffers and have money for all these changes people want to see. And that's Neves and Adama. Yeah, And yeah. I think Neves is more replaceable talent-wise and for what he can do than Adama is.
2: I just hope that it's not a domestic move. If he goes to a Juve or someone like that, I don't know who's got the money. He can go to Europe with my blessing, but I would hate him to go. I could see him go to a Man City or go to a Liverpool even and fit right in and be unbelievable. I genuinely could.
0: Uh, Uh, I know where he's going to go. Mark it down. What is this? May 10th, 8.41 p.m. (laughs) He's going to Atletico. Oh, good call. That'll be nice. Yeah. That's my gut feeling. I think he's going to want to get a little closer to home. Uh, Barcelona's practically broke. I don't know. Real Madrid, they're going all in on Holland. I I could see Atletico being the one that ponies up the money there to get him. And I think he'd want to go at that point. And it would be tough to say no, especially if the price is right. That's that's my opinion. That's a great question, though. We could honestly spend a whole podcast on that.
1: Yeah.
0: And I, it would be frustrating to see him leave and go somewhere and really excel. That's obviously <laughs> danger. You get that. got that with Adama, too. God, what if he goes to Man City and is just unstoppable, which I'm sure he would be? Uh, you're just going to be kicking yourself. But it's unfortunately the way the rules are. Somebody's got to go. And I, I think he's going to be he's going to be the one. So as we approach the final whistle, Joe, why don't you remind the listeners about how they can get in touch with you?
1: Yes, of course. Me and my buddy Joey do a podcast that's uh, weekly on Tuesdays. It's called Too Fast, Too Forever. It's on anywhere you can find podcasts: uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or Google Podcasts. Now, I think pretty much anywhere you can find it. We talk about the Fast and the Furious movies every other week. We're finishing up our lap. Currently, we were doing a bunch of like Japanese movies and Tokyo Drift inspired movies. So we just did like a bunch of the Lone Wolf and Cub movies, Shogun Assassin, to cap that off with Kill Bill. And you can find me there and find my social media from there. And I'm always down to chat. Check it out. It's a fun time. We just talk movies and nonsense and just giggle a lot. So,
2: (laughs) Listeners, thank you for your continued support. If you're picking us up for the first time, then please hit the subscribe button, like the podcast, share it with your network. Please give us a five-star review, if you can, on your podcast listening platform of choice, because this helps us a ton to be the best Wolves podcast in the whole of North America. We'll be back again after that Everton fixture next week where we'll cover both the Everton game and the Tottenham one and also preview that Manchester United home fixture that will be the last one of the season. So in the meantime, stay safe out there. Look after you and your pack in Nuno We Trust and Up the Wolves.